Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, tonight I'm going to ask you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians, and we are continuing along the lines that we have been on concerning the greater works, doing the greater works, and um, we're interested, we're interested. You know, uh, Pastor Nancy Dufresne tells about a minister who went to uh, Africa and he was there to hold a major campaign and a lot of ministries had come to the event and a lot of churches were represented. It was a huge auditorium, a huge uh, gathering of people and there were about uh, 25 or 30 different preachers in a specific area for, for the ministers And they were sitting there um, as the worship was going on. And the Lord appeared to this minister and said to him, he started going through each one of the preachers that were there on that platform. And he said to him that he would call their name. He, He named the church they were with. And then he would say, and he's not interested. And this is pastor so and so from such and such church, and they're not interested. And out of all that 25 or 30 pastors that were there on the platform that day, there were only about seven or eight of that group that the Lord indicated that they were interested. And so when he got up to minister, those were the ones that God pointed out for him to minister to specifically of the anointing. But I think it's interesting that, that it was something that Jesus brought up in conversation whether they were interested or not. And when he comes, I want him to find me interested in what he's doing. I want him to find that I'm interested in what he's doing in this last day, what he's doing in the working uh, of the harvest, what he's doing uh, as the, the body of Christ is being prepared for the work of the Lord. And so we're bringing our interest to the works of Jesus. John chapter 14 uh, has been our base text, and I'm not going to go to that, but you can mark down in your notes because he says in John chapter 14, the works that I do, greater, shall you, greater than these shall you do. The works that I do, he that believeth on me, verse 12, the works that I do, he shall do also, and greater than these, because I go unto my Father. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father today, and the body of Christ, the disciples of Christ, the followers of Jesus Christ, are the ones who are equipped with the correct equipment to be able to do the greater works. It is not possible for people who are not born again to do the works of God. And it is not possible for people who are not baptized with the Holy Spirit to do these works that require miracle power. 
that require the supernatural working. So for us to be interested means that we're interested in how Jesus did what he did. And we've spent a number of different sessions. Please go to the YouTube channel or to the podcast. Listen to them again. Watch them again. They're free up there, available for you. Uh, be, or on the Roku channel. Because we want you to be uh, 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 skilled in this knowledge so that you are developed and founded on it. So that you're founded on it with a firm foundation knowing that I'm equipped in the same equipment and the same preparation that Jesus was equipped and prepared with during his earthly ministry. This is the plan of God. This is the purpose of God. And uh, we want to be knowledgeable and proficient in that knowledge concerning the things of the Spirit of God. And so I want to begin tonight in 1 Corinthians 12. And I want to look first of all, of chapter 12 and chapter 14 and uh, with a recognition of when they were written to the church at Corinth, it was a, a, a means to instruct in some areas that they were in error, that they were out of balance. And so these teachings were for the purpose of setting them back in balance where the gifts of the Spirit were concerned. They were very zealous about the gifts. And we, we will see as we look at some examples that they were so zealous about the gifts that they wanted the whole service just to be a flow of the gifts and not to have any preaching of the Word. And so that is part of what he was correcting. But in their correction, we can get so much insight so that we don't have to be out of order. We don't have to be in error. We don't have to be uh, having confusion in the church, but we can have the stability that God intended for there to be with the moving of the Spirit of God. And, and <clears throat> Pastor Caldwell, when he was ministering the night that Sister Pat Harrison was here and they ministered together in such a beautiful way, uh, that he, he made the statement at the end of that time that there are not a lot of churches. And I'm not saying that as, as uh, in, in a way of bragging, but it's, it really touches my heart because I pray for the other churches to, to be open. I, I've been praying for over a year for the moving of the gifts in the whole body. It's something that I pick up in prayer a lot. That I, because I, I began to see, as Brother Hagen taught about Acts chapter 4, that when they were praying, Lord, stretch forth your hand to heal and that signs and wonders would be done in the name of Jesus, he said he, the Lord started having him to pick that up in prayer. And he began praying that specific request back in the, the 50s. He says at the end of the World War, I, he began to pray that. And it was uh, right after that, that the Holy Spirit began to move in a wave of healing that, that went all across this nation with supernatural healings, supernatural manifestations of the gifts of a gift of faith and gifts of healings. And he, he recognized that he had been praying that and he often stated, I don't think I was the only one praying that. I think God had other people praying that. But he said, I was praying for the power gifts. 
I was praying for the gifts of faith and the gift of the working of miracles and the gifts of healings to be in operation. And that's what happened. When we, when we look at the different ministers, uh, Brother Branham, Amy Simple McPherson, Oral Roberts, all of those who were so strongly used. And those are just those names of people that might be more uh, uh, familiar just because of the, the, their longevity in ministry or some of the supernatural occurrences that took place in their meetings. But there were a lot of other people who... I, I, I saw one testimony of a person who said, we didn't even know how to pray for the sick. We'd never prayed for the sick, but we started having church and people just started getting healed. So we kind of got moved into the healing ministry and didn't think we had one. And there were people who said it was just easy to get people healed during that time because it was what the Holy Spirit was doing. But there had been prayer preceding that asking for the gifts. And so this is something that I pray for for the churches. I pray for the churches in Little Rock. I pray for all the churches. I want all the churches who are proclaiming Jesus as Lord to prosper. I want them to be strong. And I pray that they would speak from their pulpits with boldness and that God would move in their churches. Amen? And so this is something that we desire not just to be in one or two places, but we desire for the Holy Spirit to have the liberty in every church because He is the one who is the, the, the carrier of the power of God. He is the one who is the more worker of miracles. Uh, he is the one who, who is the, uh, distributing the power of God here on the earth today. And this is the plan of God. We saw this morning that Jesus said, I send, I send the promise of my father. So the father promised and Jesus sent the promise of the father, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, the enduing of power of the Holy Spirit. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, starts out right away saying, concerning spiritual and gifts is in italics, in, in italics, and the word spiritual in the original language is plural. So concerning spirituals, brethren, I would not have you lacking knowledge. I don't want you to lack knowledge about spiritual manifestations, spiritual administrations, spiritual gifts. Concerning the, the things of the Holy Spirit, I would not have you ignorant or lacking knowledge. So he wants us to have knowledge. Amen? Amen. Now, we want to look again specifically here in verse uh, 7. And you know what? I'm going to back up to four because I've already made a couple of comments that I, I got from four. When I said spiritual administrations, we see that in verse five. When uh, we see spiritual operations there in verse six. So sp spiritual gifts, very often it, uh, there, are, there are manifestations of the Spirit manifestations of the Spirit, and that's what we're looking at. So let's read from verse 4. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. 
diversities and differences. Not every moving of, let's say for instance, the word of knowledge or the word of wisdom is going to be exactly the same. We were studying the word of knowledge about two sessions ago and we saw that the word of knowledge, when, when the Apostle Paul received the information from God not to, not to sail with that ship, to tell the people on the ship, don't leave the harbor, let's stay here. He, that came by an inward knowing. But it was still a word of wisdom. It spoke about the future. It was still something that God knew about the future that he revealed to the Apostle Paul. He, he knew it by an inward witness. But then when, the, when he received the answer to his prayer and the angel came and said, no one will be lost, the ship will fall apart, the ship will fall apart, but not one person will be lost. That came by an angel. So we see an operation of the discerning of spirits. For him to see an angel, that was the discerning of spirits which brought the word of wisdom. So there was a different administration of that manifestation. One came by an inward knowing. We see often the word of the Lord came. We saw a couple of instances from the Old Testament where the prophet was being able to know where the enemy king was going to set up his, his camp against the, the people of God. And he was able to go tell the king of Israel where they, the enemy was going to be uh, uh, planted. And, the, and that came by the word of the Lord. So difference is different administrations, different oper- operations, but it's the Spirit of God, the same Spirit, the same Lord. Verse 6, there are diversities of operation, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. So the manifestation of the Spirit in our services brings profit to our church, brings profit to, it will profit our lives. How He operates will profit our lives. How He ministers to us will bring profit, will bring uh, help to us. Amen? And then it says, For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit dividing to every man severally as he wills. So notice not one person is going to operate in everything. He distributes he, as He wills through the body. So the fullness can be in the body and not necessarily in the life of one person. The, so it does indicate that one person may operate in several. And we see that a person standing in a office of, for instance, an evangelist, an office of a pastor, an office of a prophet, they will have different manifestations of the Spirit that pertain to that office that will work on a regular basis, 
not at their will, not when they want it to work. They can't turn it on and off. But because of the office that they work in, the office that they're ministering from, there are, are examples, for instance, in we were reading this morning about Philip in Samaria. He was an evangelist. Let's look at Acts chapter 8 and look at some of the manifestations of the Spirit that operated in the office of the evangelist. It says in um, Acts chapter 8, verse 6, the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spoke, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. So now we know there was working of miracles in the office of the evangelist. Why? Because the evangelist is, is capturing people's attention to turn them to Jesus. And the miracles are one of those ways that turn people to God. It says, For unclean spirits crying out with loud voice came out with many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies and that were lame were healed. So there was the working of miracles, and there were either, there was gifts of faith, or I'm sorry, gifts of healings in operation here, because there were all these different people with palsies and it says many that were taken with palsies and many that were lame were healed. Now, we'll touch this more, but just while we're here, gifts of healings is plural. In the original language, both the word gifts and the word healings are plural in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And so we see that evidently there were gifts of healings that pertained to lameness and palsy that were more predominant because it doesn't say that there were a lot of blind healed in his ministry. Now, Jesus operated in all the gifts of the healing. Jesus operated in all the gifts except for tongues and interpretation because he was not given the Spirit with measure. He, he has the fullness of the Spirit. Amen? Amen? So Jesus, when he was on, uh, uh, on the earth ministering in his earthly ministry, he operated in the word of wisdom, he operated in the word of knowledge, he operated in the discerning of spirits, he operated, he had the fullness of the Spirit. He was the only one who the Holy Spirit had come upon. Amen? Amen. And so he, he operated in all except for tongues and interpretation of tongues, which began on the day of Pentecost according to Scripture. So when we... We recognize the, the operation of certain gifts of healings. When you begin to pray for people and you see that there are, are people that are more often healed of one certain specific kind of sickness, it might be that the Holy Spirit operates in a gift of healing of that type of sickness in your life. For instance, there were times that Brother Hagen would have certain things that were, that if he was just praying the prayer of faith or just praying over them without the healing anointing, if he was by the gifts, he would have Sister Aretha pray over certain things because there were things that were more often healed in her praying for people we know that that was a gift of healing that was specific, uh, operating consistently as she ministered. And so uh, just, that was extra, praise God. <laughs> Gifts of healing. So when he had, he had the lame 
and he had people with the palsy healed. It, that, it, it brings that out specifically. It, you know, when there were times it says uh, concerning Jesus, uh, it, it says that he healed all kinds of diseases. It didn't say in that group that he necessarily healed all of the people, but he healed all. There were times it says he healed them all. But in one specific place, it refers that he healed all types of diseases because those gifts of healings were all working in, in his ministry. Amen? Amen? So when we recognize the manifestation of the Spirit is given, this is not, it is not that the gift is given. It doesn't say the gift of the word of wisdom is given. It says the manifestation of that gift can be given as the Spirit wills. So we, we don't own the gifts. He doesn't give us the gifts. We may have them manifest in our lives, uh, sp- some things more often than others, but we, they're not ours to use as we will. Amen. They're His gifts. These are the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. They're His gifts. He will manifest, He will give unto us the manifestation. It says the manifestation of the Spirit is given. Hallelujah. Dividing, verse 11 says, dividing to every man severally as He wills. The Holy Spirit, as the Holy Spirit wills. So, He lists these. He goes through in the rest of this chapter... And he begins to emphasize the importance of the body of Christ. He emphasizes from that next verse on, from verse 12 on down through, uh, for, uh, down through 27 about the body and that there are different members in the body. And, there are, and, and every member is important and the eye is not more important than the hand. The eye can't say into the hand, I don't need you. That, and so he's emphasizing the whole body. Why did he take this time in the church of Corinth that had this, this error? They were out of balance with some things. He's emphasizing the importance of us seeing the body of Christ. That we've got to see beyond just where we are, just what we want to do, just what we need just what, what we want to see in manifestation and, and look on a bigger picture and recognize that what God is doing is bigger than the area or the sphere of my life. Amen? And that recognition of the body, the reason that the Holy Spirit distributes in the body is because we need each other. We need each other. And so he goes through and he emphasizes this and he, he brings to us that we are the body of Christ and we need all the members of the body. And then he says in the very last verse of this chapter, but covet earnestly the best gifts. So we are to desire the gifts to have operation, the manifestation of the gifts in our life. Covet earnestly, desire, yearn for them, want them to be in operation, not just in you, but in the whole body. And then he said, yet I show you a more excellent way. And then the entire chapter 13 is emphasizing the importance of love. 
And he begins it by bringing a contrast of the operation of the gifts of the Spirit with love. He said, even if I speak with the tongues of men and angels, that's referring to the gift of tongues, if I speak with the tongue of men and angels and I don't have love, then I am just a sounding brass. I'm just making obnoxious noise. You remember the gong show? Boing. That's it. So a gift, a, a, a gift, a manifestation of the Spirit without the spiritual maturity of love is just an obnoxious noise, right? And then he goes in, in verse 2, he's referring, he said, and though I have the gift of prophecy, and then I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, though I have all faith. So he's just indicated three other gifts. If I have all of those, but without, without love, I'm nothing. So the operation of the gift doesn't make me anything. What makes, me, what makes value in my life is not that the Holy Spirit can use me, but that the Holy Spirit can use me and I've got my heart in it. Yeah. That I, I'm, I'm wanting Him to use me so that people can be blessed. Yeah. I'm wanting Him to use me yeah. for the right reason, that I'm loving people. So now we see some of the error that was in the Corinthian church. They were, they were in that position. They were operating in, in, in gifts, but they did not have their love motive as the reason for the gifts. So, praise God. Do you notice what the Holy Spirit's been doing in our congregation? We've been going through an extensive teaching on the maturity of the believer. And we've been going through a, a variety of different aspects of growing in this love walk so that not only are we rooted and grounded in love for our personal life, but we become profitable for the kingdom if we already have the love motive in place before the operations of the gifts began to manifest in the church. Amen? Amen. He goes through all of chapter 13 and then he comes back in chapter 14 to talking about the gifts of the Spirit. He says, follow after love, and that means to be constantly pursuing love and desire spiritual Again, gifts is in italics. It doesn't hurt us to put it there. But desire spiritual administrations. Desire spiritual manifestations. Desire these different manifestations of the Spirit of God in your life. And he says, but rather that you may prophesy. And then he says, why? For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men but unto God. For no man understands him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. Well, there were, as you read through and you see another place in this chapter, it says uh, in verse 6, for instance, he said, um, oh, actually, verse 5, I would that you, you all spoke with tongues, but rather that you prophesied. For greater is he that prophesies than he that speaks with tongues, except that he interprets so that the church may receive edifying. That's the reason why he said, rather that you may prophesy. 
because they were speaking in tongues and nobody was getting an interpretation and there was no knowledge. And so everybody's like, well, we just had 45 minutes of speaking in tongues and nobody knows what anybody said. What was God saying? We don't know. There wasn't an interpreter. So he said that the reason that prophesying would be better is so the church would be edified. See the love motive? You see the love motive? What's the purpose of the gift? That people would be edified. And so he says that this, uh, in verse 6, he goes on. He says, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine? So the speaking in tongues without an interpretation isn't going to benefit. And he said, even things without life giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle? So likewise you, except you utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken for you speak into the air? So now we have an indication of what was going on and the reason why he is bringing uh, some of the clarification to this uh, uh, church. He said in verse 12, Even so ye, for as much as you are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that you may excel to the edifying of the church. Do you see how often this is in there? Okay, verse 26. How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you has a psalm, everyone has a doctrine, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. We see it again. That's the third time. It was in verse 5. It was in verse 12. It was in verse 26. The emphasis of this chapter is their motive for the gifts. He's saying, I want you to desire the gifts. I want you to flow in the gifts. It's profitable, but flow with a desire to edify. Verse 27, he said, If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two or at the most three, and that by course, and let one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. Well, if the Holy Spirit comes on me, do you think they might, would have had that argument? If the Holy Spirit comes on me, he said, if there's no interpreter, even if the Holy Spirit comes on you, you be silent. Verse 29, let the prophet speak two or three and let the other judge. If anything be revealed to another that sit is by, let the first hold his peace. Hold my peace. You mean God give me a prophecy and I got to hold my peace? That's what it said. There was no order. He said there are, it should be done decently and in order just because when the Holy Spirit uh, uh, comes, He's not going to force us to do anything and He's not going to force us to do things out of order either. So He says, If another be revealed that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace. For you may all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be comforted. Now, notice what he says here. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. So he was telling them 
It'll wait. It'll keep. It'll keep. There have been times that, that I've seen something or I've picked up something in the Spirit and I've just known it's not my place. It's not my place. If I'm called on, I'm ready. He's given me something. But I'm, I, I'm not going to step out of order. Amen? Amen? And so when we recognize that because we may be sensitive to something, because we may pick up on something that the Spirit is doing, that the edification is our motive. What's going to bless people? I don't want to do something that's going to cause people to be confused. Amen? Amen. So this is, is what we're seeing here as he's going through. And we're going to come back here in a, in probably in a, in a bit uh, for some other specific things, but I wanted just to give that edification was the emphasis of chapter 14. So we've talked about categorizing these different manifestations and we see that there are nine of them listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Three of them reveal the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits all reveal something. So we would refer to those possibly as the three revelation gifts. There are three power gifts that do something, spiritual gifts that do something. The gift of faith, the working of miracles, the gifts of healings, they do something. There are three utterance gifts that say something. The gift of prophecy, the gift of diverse kinds of tongues, the interpretation of tongues. The diverse kind of tongues as a gift. You know, faith, all believers have faith, right? How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. But the gift of faith is not that faith. The gift of faith is a supernatural gift, a supernatural working that causes a faith that can produce a miracle. And so the gift of faith is different than the faith that comes by hearing. Well, in the same way, every believer who's been baptized in the Holy Spirit can speak with other tongues, but that's not the gift of tongues. That's not this gift of diverse kinds of tongues. The gift of tongues is to have a message that will be followed by an interpretation that will bring edification to the church. It's an operation of the gift of the Spirit in the church. But we, we can all pray in tongues in our, our personal interaction with God, our personal prayer time. We don't have to have a gift of tongues to be able to pray in tongues. But in the service, there are times that the Holy Spirit may come upon someone to speak out a message in tongues, and then the Holy Spirit will follow that with someone to interpret that tongue. Praise Amen? God. Now, um, I thought it was interesting because I would read stories about Brother Hagen and Brother Goodwin, and, and J.R. Goodwin was a pastor from Texas. I believe he was in Pasadena, Texas. Uh, and he uh, was, they were very close friends, and uh, I was actually talking to Sister Pat Harrison about them because, you know, she, she grew up uh, with them, and so she said her father would drive out of his way hundreds of miles just to be able to go by and pray with them. 
because they were able to do so much in prayer together, that they would have times of prayer together and he would drive 200 miles out of his way to get to meet with them and pray. Praise God. Uh, But when they would be in services together, they would determine before the service who would be the interpreter of the service. As the Holy Spirit would move, if there was a tongue... They, he would say, tonight you be the interpreter because he knew that that would operate in either one of them and, and they would interpret if there was a gift of tongues. I thought that was interesting. That's, that's, that's just a, a, something that helps us grow, doesn't it? That they, they were planning. And Brother Hagen said that he considered out of all of the people that he had known in ministry over the years that Pastor Goodwin was the most accurate in being able to interpret the service how the Holy Spirit wanted to move in that service. So, praise God. Uh, There are video clips on YouTube of the good ones. There's just a few, but they're really interesting to watch. So, uh, because of the way that they operated and flowed in the gifts together. And they would operate in tongues and interpretations in such an interesting way. And so, I encourage you to... uh, uh, investigate and to to watch some of that so we see there these category is for our benefit of learning we categorize them so that we can recognize how they operate we have already spoken somewhat on the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge and uh, even a little bit about how they operated together. We've seen examples. If you were not here for that, please go back and watch it because I really need to move into more. And I want to talk tonight on the discerning of spirits uh, so that we can um, make a little bit of progress in uh, going through this list. The, in the same way that the word of wisdom was not wisdom right? Wisdom comes from God. You can ask for wisdom. He'll give it to you liberally. Wisdom comes from from the Word. We can study the Word. It says we can meditate in the Word and we can get wisdom for the affairs of life. Psalm chapter 1 verses 1 through 3 said if we'll meditate in the Word that we'll prosper in all the things that we put our hands to, right? Uh, Joshua 1.8 says that same uh, concept. That's the wisdom of God for the daily affairs of life. Well, the word of wisdom is not that. And in the same way, knowledge comes from the word of God, but the word of knowledge is not that. The word of wisdom is a supernatural word or fragment of the wisdom the plan, the purpose of God that is revealed. And the word of wisdom is the one that speaks of the future because it's something in the mind of God concerning the future. And so we saw examples of how the word of wisdom was used to warn people about danger. The word of wisdom came to Jesus' uh, stepfather or adopted father, Joseph, and warned him to, to take Mary and the baby and leave that region. Uh, The word of wisdom gave Noah the instruction to be able to build the ark and to prepare for the saving of his household. We saw examples of the word of wisdom. Uh, We talked about how the word of wisdom operated uh, where Paul's shipwreck was concerned and uh, how it was delivered in one by an inward knowing and in the second, the word that came to him came by a delivery of an angel. 
so there are different examples, but that is something supernatural. It's a supernatural knowing. There's no other way to know it. It's supernatural by the Spirit that this person knows it. And the person who's operating in the Word of Wisdom does not know everything about your life. So just go ahead and, whew, that's praise God. I'm saying, right? Uh, this is just a word of wisdom, and it's always for a protection, for a help. The word of knowledge is a word or a fragment or a part of God's knowledge. It's not a sentence. It's not a paragraph. It's not a chapter. It's a word, a word of knowledge. And so we saw examples of the word of knowledge about where the enemy had set up their camp where Saul's donkeys were, where Gehazi, when he went out and took Naaman's uh, uh, money, uh, uh, the, the prophet said, did not my spirit go with you? In other words, he saw it. He saw it by the word of knowledge. God showed him as it was happening to let him know what Gehazi was doing. He said, I, did not my spirit go with you when you accepted money and clothing from Naaman? And so that word of knowledge is a supernatural revelation. In the same way, discerning of spirits is a supernatural seeing or hearing. Seeing or hearing into the spirit realm. A supernatural seeing or hearing into the spirit realm. It reveals the kind of spirit that is in supernatural manifestation. Seeing or hearing. And that's specific because um, I've heard people say, well, you know, I have the gift of discernment. That's not Scripture. That would be better described as the gift of suspicion. That's That's what they've got. They've got the gift of suspicion. They're saying, I'm discerning about this person. I discern that that person this, and I discern... Well, it's not the gift of discernment so that you discern things. Sometimes we just know because we've lived a little while, you know, that people might be lying to us or that people might have an ulterior motive or the Holy Spirit might be giving us a word of knowledge to indicate that that person's motive isn't correct. We might, but that's not discernment. That's not a gift of discernment. This gift is the gift of discerning of spirits to see or to hear in the realm of the spirit. It is uh, not spiritual mind reading. It is not the power to discern people's faults. It is, and it is not simply or exclusively discerning evil spirits. The gift of discerning of spirits doesn't make you see devils everywhere you go. And there's a devil in that speaker up there. And there's a devil here and there's a devil there. There's one woman who sat in the church and every time my husband wore them, it was a nice tie. I liked this tie. I bought him that tie. But every time he would wear that tie, she thought there was a devil in the tie. And she would just, and finally one day he took it off his neck and threw it at her. And he said, here, take it. Because it so aggravated him that every time, it was distracting because she would be on the front row going, who, who, there's not a devil in his tie. Not a, there was one brother, there was one brother and we had some problems with the sound system and he's trying to cast the devil out of my sound system. Devil doesn't want to be in the sound system. 
So it's not a discerning of just evil spirits. So it is a being able to see or hear. And remember, it doesn't, it's not ongoing. We don't walk around all the time seeing or hearing. It is as the Spirit wills. Uh, many things that people call the devil is actually a work of the flesh. Is actually the work of the flesh. There are a lot of things in the works of the flesh listed there in Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, it calls witchcraft a work of the flesh. Yeah. I would have definitely put that in the devil category. If you would have put me, if I was the one categorizing, I would have put witchcraft in the devil category. But he said it's a work of the flesh. Right? Wow. So there are a lot of things that people want to say, I have discernment and, and, and the devil this and the devil that. And, and a lot of times they're giving him credit for something that somebody's flesh is doing. So uh, let's find out what the discerning of spirits, how in the Bible we see different uh, uh, operations of the discerning of spirits. Uh, first of all, anytime someone has been able to see the similitude of God, for instance, we often refer to Moses in the book of Exodus chapter 33, and I'm not going to turn to all these, but please take note of them in your notes. Exodus chapter 33, when he asked God to show, show me your glory, and God said, I will make my goodness pass before you, and I'll put you in the cleft of the rock, and you can't see my front part, so I'm going to cover you with my hand, and as I pass by and I remove my hand, you'll be able to see the glory of me from behind. Well, him being what he was able to see of God came because the discerning of spirits. He saw into the spirit realm to be able to see the glory of God, to be able to see. In the same way, Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, when it says in, uh, in this day of, let me, let me read it exactly, Isaiah 6, 1. We sing of it often. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. So for him to be able to see the image of God, the similitude of God, this came as the Holy Spirit allowed him to see into the realm of the Spirit, to see the spiritual uh, uh, image of God. Uh, anytime... Anytime any person has seen Jesus after his ascension, it has not, Jesus has not returned to the earth. So they have seen this by the discerning of spirits. No one has actually seen Jesus in his physical flesh and bone body since his ascension where he is seated at the right hand of the Father because it says that the next time that he returns, <laughs> it will be a specific time. So if anyone has had a vision where Jesus has appeared to them, and if you've ever read the book, I Believe in Visions, we know Brother Hagen had some visions where Jesus appeared to him. Other people have had, had uh, occasions where the Lord has appeared to them, and it's come by the discerning of spirits. Jesus came spiritually. He has not come in his flesh and bone body back to the earth yet. Amen? Uh, Luke 20, uh, let's look at um, Luke 24. We looked at it this morning, the moments before Jesus ascended to the Father. Luke 24, 50. 
uh, it says, He led them out as far as to Bethany, and He lifted up His hands and blessed them. And it came to pass while He blessed them, He was parted from them and carried up into heaven. Carried up into heaven. Acts 1, 9. Acts 1, 9. When He had spoken these things, while they beheld, He was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. Hallelujah. So Jesus has been received into heaven. And when he returns, he'll return and stop at the clouds to receive those who are caught up. Amen. Praise God. And so... When he, this is the discerning of spirits that people who have been able to see him in the spirit realm in a vision. Uh, we see John the Baptist in Revelation chapter 4 discerning the Holy Spirit. He saw the seven spirits or the seven aspects of the spirit before the throne. Hallelujah. He also saw angelic beings there and he saw the throne of God. So this is with the discerning of spirits. Uh, John at the baptism of Jesus. We read that one this morning from John chapter 1, 32 through 34. He said, I saw the Spirit descending upon him. Nobody else testified that they saw the Holy Spirit. The Bible testifies that the Holy Spirit came down upon Jesus, but John saw. He said, I testified that the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus. He saw the Spirit of God. And he saw that by being able to see into the realm of the Spirit. Uh, when Jacob saw the angels on the ladder in Genesis chapter 28 and verse 12, seeing the angels on the ladder, Gideon saw an angel in Judges 6-2. Hallelujah. Uh, the prophet saw armies of angels in 2 Kings chapter 6. He saw the angels and their chariots by the discerning of spirits. And remember, the man of God had to say, open his eyes that he can see. So the, 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 the prayer was answered by the discerning of spirits in operation to open his eyes so that he could see. So in all of these three that we've studied so far, they are revealing something. And, and why is that important? Because, you know, I've often said to you in this teaching that you can't choose the one that you want because I, most of us would say, I don't want that one, Lord. <laughs> I don't want that discerning of spirits because I don't want to see any demons, right? But, you know, if you remember hearing Brother Hagen talk about when he first started uh, in ministering to the healing, his, the healing ministry that God had called him to. You know, at first he said, Lord, I don't want the healing ministry. He's, there were a lot of people who were taking heat for it. And, and he, it wasn't something that he eagerly said, Whoa, all right, God's calling me in the healing ministry. Uh, but he yielded and obeyed the Lord in that healing ministry. In those first years of him in the healing ministry, God said to him, when you... Uh, since the anointing, when you get ready to pray for somebody and you, you pray for them and you feel the anointing flow from one hand to the other, uh, that's to let you know that there is a, a, a demonic oppression causing that sickness. So he, the discerning of spirits 
uh, was, was something, uh, for a while it was uh, that word of knowledge that would come to him. And then later it was the discerning of spirit. So th- those were equippings for him to be able to know th- how to pray for that person. How to pray for that person. I, I recently heard Patsy Caminetti testify about Brother Hagen in ministry. And Patsy Caminetti was one who worked very closely with Brother Hagen in the healing ministry when Sister Aretha was not available to pray with him in the healing school. He would have Sister Patsy come and pray uh, with him for the women. And she said, after a while, uh, I didn't just wait for it to be women. I wanted to be there for every praying. So I just followed him along for everybody, you know, because I wanted to hear how he was praying for people. And she said, she said, I would, I, I, I would recognize how often he would deal with a demonic oppression. And she said, it was about seven times out of ten of the people that he was praying for their healing that it was, it was demonic oppression causing the sickness. Wow. That shocked me. Wow. I mean, a little over a, a, a three quarters of the time. She was saying it was that, that's how often that he was directed to deal with the demonic oppression causing that sickness on that person's life. So, but this is one of the reasons, not just for us to see things. We don't want to um, just desire to be able to see angels or to see, uh, that would be inappropriate for you to say, Lord, I want to see an angel because the enemy might answer that. (laughs) You might see the wrong kind of angel. We're not impressed with seeing angels. If God needs to show us an angel, if God needs to show us, it's for a purpose, it's for a benefit, it's for something to profit. If we are going to see things through the discerning of spirits, we want to to have that right motive and what is the reason for this being revealed to me. Amen? Praise God. I'm going to stop here because I don't want to get into another one and not have enough time to go very far. Uh, the next ones that we will discuss will be the gift of faith, the working of miracles, and the gifts of healings. And I would like to be able to uh, have enough time to at least do the gift of faith and the working of miracles together to show the contrast of how they operate. Amen? If you want to learn more about this, Brother Hagen has videos on YouTube that you could watch. Just put in uh, his name and put in gifts of healings or, or the gifts of the Spirit uh, because he has videos that you can watch. He has books uh, that, uh, that are available through Rhema. Uh, that I encourage you to uh, uh, feed on because his teaching is very sound and scriptural concerning how the Spirit of God operates. Amen? Have you received tonight? Well, let's, let's stand to our feet as we prepare to dismiss.